Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing our studies today, going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we are here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 12, which says, That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Now, as we've been studying here in the book of 1 Thessalonians and looking at this section that's starting to talk about some of the practical things related to how the members of the body of Christ should be living their life. And that's why we, we looked at the word walk here in this verse and how walk is speaking of things related to the lifestyle that a believer is living. And once somebody has put their trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, a person becomes a member of the body of Christ. And by the fact that Christ is in them, they should be living a life that is reflective of that. And that's why... Paul is speaking here about this issue of that ye may walk honestly here. And so when we're looking at this idea of the lifestyle, we see how Paul is using this word honestly here to say that this is how the members of the body of Christ should be living their life. And so we're going to start here with just looking at the idea of what Paul is saying here about this idea. And we're going to look at the definition of the word honestly here. And, and looking at Webster's 1828 Dictionary, we see there's four different things that are laid out related to this word. First one is uprightly, justly, with integrity and fairness is a contract honestly made. The second one, with frank sincerity without fraud or disguise according to truth, is to confess honestly one's real design. The third one, by upright means, with upright conduct, is to live honestly. And the fourth one, chastely with conjugal loyalty and fidelity. So we see this issue of, as you look at these definitions, how... There's this idea of someone being upright, truthful, fair, that there's a certain way that individuals, the members of the body of Christ, should be conducting their lifestyle related to dealing with other individuals. And typically when we look at this idea we just we just look at that idea from that aspect of well honestly in the contrast of truth and the lie and how individuals 
really should, you know, not be lying. And, you know, yes, this is a big part of it. And we're going to spend some time on that. But this is also going to conduct itself throughout the whole lifestyle of the individual that the member of the body of Christ is going to live a life that's reflective of the doctrine that's been given to us in Romans through Philemon and that we are doing the things that are pleasing unto God because of the fact that God loved us and gave himself for us. This is the motivation for us to do the right things. Now, when we look at specifically about this issue of lying, let's turn over to the book of Ephesians here. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter number 4. And we're going to read here verse number 25, which says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So we see how Paul speaks about this related to the members of the body of Christ and says that we're to put away lying. So we're to take this idea of telling a lie, we're to put it away from ourselves and Instead of lying, as it says, speak every man truth with his neighbor. So instead of speaking lies, we are to be telling the truth. Now, we see a number of places, and we're just going to read some verses very quickly here, of where this idea you know, was also said in... You know, the Old Testament, let's turn back to Psalm 31. In Psalm 31, we're going to read verse number 18, which says, Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. So now we see this aspect of that the lying lips be put to silence. So, and we're going to see as we're looking at these passages here in the Old Testament that you know there's a difference between how things are said with Paul and how things were said back here related to the nation of Israel. Because Israel would just be told, don't do certain things because under the law, it was just do this, don't do that. Here is going to be the consequences of your actions. And when you, they did the wrong things, there was chastisement that came upon them because of that. When we look at things related to how Paul tells us how to live our life today in the dispensation of the grace of God, Paul not only tells us the things that we shouldn't do, but he tells us here is the grace alternative to those things. Here's how you should be living your life. And usually it will tell us the reason why we should be doing those things as well. So that way 
we understand the love of God, which is to be demonstrated. Let's turn over to Psalm 59. And here in Psalm 59, we're going to read verse 12. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying, which they speak. So again, we're seeing this aspect of how God is looking at this aspect of lying here. Let's turn over to Psalm 119. And we're going to see how God speaks about lying here in verse 163 of Psalm 119. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Now, this is the psalmist saying that he hates lying because this is how God is viewing the things of the law. Now, let's look at the very next psalm, Psalm 120. We see here in verse 2, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. So, here the psalmist is looking at the aspect of wanting to be delivered from the aspect of the lying lip. So, that way, the individual would be able to be dealing with truth and be pleasing unto God. Now let's turn over to the book of Proverbs. You know, and there's many of these passages back here that we could be looking at, but let's go to Proverbs chapter 12. And in Proverbs 12, we're going to read here verse number 22, which says, Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. So we can see from this truly how God is viewing that idea of lying when from God's perspective, it is an abomination unto him. You know, it's so far removed from who God is. And the Apostle Paul over in the book of Romans and Romans chapter 3 talks about how let God be true and every man a liar. The things that God speaks are the truth. That's why even when we have our instruction about how to study the word of God, it's study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because the word of God is the truth and we see how there's a big contrast between that aspect. Let's go over to John chapter number 8. And we're going to see how John, in the gospel account that he writes, something that he says related to the idea of lying here in verse number 44 of John 8. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So 
John records how Satan is the father of lies. So the aspect of telling lies comes from Satan and all of the things that are opposed of God. So lying runs completely contrary to everything that God would have us to do. It runs contrary to his word. But you'll see how individuals will try to do things to try to justify the idea of lying and make it seem like what they're doing is the right thing. You know, because... You know, so often people don't even think about the fact that they're telling a lie because it's so natural for them to do so. And even when they start thinking about it in order to kind of justify the idea of lying is that they'll start talking about how there's certain types of lies that are okay to do in order to try to justify their behavior. Now, the things I'm going to say here, none of this actually comes from the Word of God because the Word of God just says there's truth and there's lie. But man and man's wisdom comes up with these ideas to try to justify their behavior. You know, in the first one of these, and we're just going to look at three of these different categories that people come up with. You know, the first one is this idea of what's called a lie of omission. And so it's the idea of, you know, I'm not going to tell the whole truth about something I'm going to leave out certain details of things in order to not hurt somebody else. And and I used to not hurt somebody else almost in kind of quotes because the person is making their own determination of what might hurt another individual. So the idea of, well, I, I just won't... I won't tell them this and this about what happened so that way they won't feel as bad. You know, now what typically happens with that is eventually the person finds out about those things that they weren't told and finds out that the person who didn't tell them knew about that all along and then the person is hurt more by the fact that the person knew and didn't tell them. If somebody knows the truth, they should be telling it to other individuals. You have things of where people will start, you think it's called the quote-unquote little white lie of, you know, well, if I just, you know, it's something that doesn't really make a big deal and I'm just doing it, you know, so that way 
somebody's not going to have their their feelings hurt uh, with it. So the thing of you know somebody makes you know some sort of food for an individual and it doesn't really taste very good, and so well, how is it? And those all of a sudden start going, it's great, and and start almost kind of going over the top with their praise of it because they're trying to not hurt the other person's feelings and feel, well, it's not that big of a deal because it's just this quote-unquote little white lie, even though the truth is what is supposed to be sad. You know, even if a person is trying to lie to protect another individual, as we said with the last one, eventually the truth always comes out and the person ends up being impacted worse by the fact that they were not told the truth of things. And really, as we look at this idea of living the life honestly, as the Apostle Paul in our text here is saying about how we are to be, and I'm just going to quickly reread our verse here, where it says that we may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. When we see how Paul talks about the life we are to be living, I'm going to read over here in Galatians 6, in verse number 10, which says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And the aspect of that we are to not only be doing things that are good unto those who are part of the body of Christ, we're to be doing good unto all men. We're to be allowing the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul says here in the book of Galatians. I'm going to turn back a couple chapters here to chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That we are to be allowing the Lord Jesus Christ who's in us to be living through us. And when we do that, all of these things that are the right things that we are to be doing, that would be the walking honestly towards other individuals, come out. And so... That's why you see like a whole section. Now let's turn back over to Ephesians 4. And we read verse number 25. And now what I want to do is we're actually going to kind of read the rest of the chapter here. Because you see how Paul in this, as he's writing to this assembly at Ephesus, just kind of hits them with one thing after another of how it is that they're supposed to be living their life. Let's pick up here in Ephesians 4, 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, 
that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And when you read through this section, you see how over and over again, the Apostle Paul just hitting one thing after another, but also telling individuals, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, verses 31 and 32, that contrast of the bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil, speaking, and malice, those are all the things that a person's putting away. And in his place, there's the kindness, the tenderhearted, and forgiving one another. You see, verse 29, that's what you're putting away the corrupt communication and instead using the things that are good unto edifying is what's supposed to come out of the mouth of an individual. Verse 28, the issue of a person not stealing anymore, but instead they're to be working with their hands so that they can be able to give to an individual that's truly in need. Paul giving these practical things for the members of the body of Christ in order to explain to an individual how it is that they're supposed to be living their life. And one of the things that you know, so often gets accused for those of us who understand right division and teach it is that they'll listen to what it is that we're teaching and we'll talk about how you know all you do is talk about the things of doctrine and you never talk about the practical things. You never talk about how an individual is supposed to be just living their life day by day. And the reality of why that happens, and it is because as the doctrine is being built up in an individual, it's giving the person what they need in order to be able to live their life. Now, you see how Paul does this in his epistles, and especially since we read a, a section here in the book of Ephesians. When you read the book of Ephesians, you see how the first three chapters really are focused on some heavy doctrinal information that he's giving unto these saints. And then, all of a sudden, in chapter 4, there's a shift from giving them that information of the doctrine into, okay, now you understand this doctrinal information. Here's how it's going to apply to your life. And so chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6 deal more with the practical outworking of that doctrine, talking about how the member of the body of Christ 
needs to be living their life in order to be pleasing unto God, knowing that you know there's individuals, some are going to do it, some won't. The glorious thing that we know is that once a person does put their trust in the gospel message for today, they're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, kept in the body of Christ, so that way a person could never lose their salvation, always having that guarantee of their hope. And so, you know, the you know thing of our gospel message for today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And the moment a person puts their trust in that gospel message, they have their guarantee of salvation. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday service live as they're broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you ever happen to be in the Buffalo area on a Sunday morning, you know, there's information. You know, we meet at 83 Anderson Road. We would love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. And as we close here, I'd like to you know, remind everyone, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.